Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is Force Center, a show about Star Wars, pop culture, and the ultimate adventure, life itself. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsack, and we are here for Cues of the Other. That's right. We still like talking about other things because life doesn't stop, even if Star Wars is back. I'm excited to get to it. <laughs> yeah, me too as well. I'm excited to keep Other Center going. It's been wonderful to get the, all the feedback for people who are the same individual people saying, I'm excited you're talking about Star Wars again, and I'm excited that you're going to continue Other Center where you talk about really anything from books uh, to cats to your feelings about your parents. Other centers, uh, a big <laughs> umbrella 
these questions that we're getting through are ones that we uh, requested from our patrons uh, before the strike even ended, because we have so many uh, great questions. So we're going to keep going through them for a little while, and we'll see how Other Center develops. But right now, it's cues of the other, as Ken said. We want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And Ken, we have a recommendation. We do. Hey, you know, the f- third phase of the High Republic has begun, but we want to take you back uh, to the beginning of the second <laughs> phase because that's kind of where we're at. And uh, recommend the book Star Wars, The High Republic, Path of Deceit. This is by Justina Ireland and Tessa Gratton. Start your journey whenever you feel it's time to start your High Republic phase two journey with that book. And you can uh, download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. That is great. I am reading the book right now. I'm about halfway through as we record, and I'm enjoying it very, very much. And we'll see how long it takes me to read all of phase two. Uh, but now we have our ask. Uh, mm-hmm. Ken, and you want to handle our ask? I do want to handle our ask. And our ask is this. Uh, we would like you to consider uh, subscribing to us on YouTube as we refocus over there. And don't forget our faces full time starting with the uh, November 28th or so. Dates don't mean anything to us these days. Uh, our look at Ahsoka. Uh, you'll be able to see us uh, as well as hear us. Uh, we still know there's a large percentage of, of listeners on the podcast. And we want to keep those uh, listeners there in the podcast. Take us with in your car, everything. But hey, if you want to see our faces, which is uh, a fun joke to make, but it's also a reality coming your way. You want to subscribe over on YouTube as well some other stuff we might be cooking up. Uh, we are trying to get our subscriptions up over 7,500. Uh, we understandably lost some numbers during the strike. Some folks just want to hear some Star Wars talk and uh, maybe even thought we had stopped and, and they went away, uh, but we are happy to report the numbers are going back up and help us reach our goal if you want at 7,500 subscribers over on YouTube. Excellent. A beautiful, concise Ask well handled. We're going to move on to the cues. Hopefully, we have some A's for your cues. Uh, we've got a big one, a difficult one, but maybe we'll have some fun as well. But uh, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a teaser? Stick around and see if we have fun. Anyway, this comes to us uh, from our listener in patron Rona Rivera Raman. Uh, and Rona asks, How do you reconcile or not reconcile when a person or company you admire has a viewpoint or belief? that is contradictory to your own beliefs. Can you separate the art from the artist, as they say? Is a big question. I, I love the specificity with which Rona asks that we could be talking about a person or a company, and also, uh, you know, a viewer belief contradictory to our own, which I think can mean lots of different things. It could be a, yeah. a small idiosyncratic thing, too, like a, right. a big cultural agreed-upon norm that's being uh, challenged by a specific artist. So where do you go to start with this question, Ken? Uh, you, you sent this out. You always send the, the rundown out with the questions before the show, but you sent this one out a little extra early because you were traveling or, or you had some plans. So I got to mm-hmm. sit with this one for a while and I still don't know how I want to answer it. Um, and I like what Rona said about, you know, your own beliefs. You're right. Cause that could go a lot of spots and mm-hmm. it's interesting I'll even go here back in the day when I was uh, growing up, I'll just say a little bit more sheltered and, and conservative views of the world uh, based on ways I was raised, as we've discussed on other center a lot. Hearing uh, some of the stuff George Lucas said back then made me kind of go, well, I'll just try to ignore that, right? <laughs> now mm-hmm. I'm on the other side of it where I keep trying to tell people, you should listen to what George Lucas had to say. Um, 
so there's a little bit of a, a, a turtle shell effect that happens, right? With that, but as as it's changed and some of the stuff around is not necessarily directly talking about some of the last few years where that that horrible term cancel culture, which is so misunderstood, misused, and and um, not exactly what we're talking about here specifically. But there are times when this has challenged me, and I find Joseph that there's some incidents instances where it's it's just real simple because I'm mm-hmm. not maybe directly involved though where I've seen all the Harry Potter films I I have not read the books I've enjoyed them. I saw actually a lot of them in the theater at people in my life who love them um and when all the stuff kind of came out with with JK Rowling and all that kind of stuff going on it's like yeah yeah I I that's that's a big x and no for me but I wasn't mm-hmm. in it what if, what if what if George Lucas had come out and said, you know what? Hey, I was looking back on some things. And I don't know. I like some of the stuff Hitler was saying. Then what does that do? And I don't know yeah. that answer sometimes. I don't know until you get there. And that's my starting point. I have some other examples, but I'll pitch it back to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think my starting point is that it is ever evolving. It is mm-hmm. not for me one size fits all because yeah. it is the different relationships you have with. Are we talking about one movie? Are we talking about a franchise? Are we talking about uh, the creator? Are we talking about an individual actor? Mm-hmm. Are we talking about a creator like George Lucas who isn't involved anymore? Right. Are we talking about the past? Um, and all those things are, are 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 what I think about for my personal relationship. I don't think it's a one size fits all. I think Agreed. it's an ever evolving question, and I think there are instances where. Uh, I think most of the time it's just a personal thing of mm-hmm. I can't watch that movie with this person in it anymore. That's a personal thing. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's some things where it's, it's, it's at the inflection point of an issue that is active in the moment, impacting real people's lives. And I understand why for people, this choice becomes not just a personal choice as Ron is asking about, but a point of activism. Mm-hmm. Because this particular active person or thing is injuring living human beings right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but but to stay closer to Rona's kind of personal thing, I, I can't think about it without without cancel culture. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, fair. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, it's it's a that term is a uselessly large umbrella because we <laughs> don't have a good. We don't have a great cultural definition for it. And it can mean everything from fans don't like a movie to this person is tried, convicted, imprisoned for crimes. <laughs> so we, we it cannot be the same as you murdered a person and you didn't like Rise of Skywalker. And those are both cancel culture. Because mm-hmm. I remember coming home from the first viewings of Rise of Skywalker to cancel J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams is over a party trending on Twitter. And I think the man has taken some damage to his career. He hasn't had projects going forward. Mm-hmm. And some people would go, it's cancel culture. They canceled J.J. Abrams. Um, it, but that can't be compared to crimes, <laughs> proven, tried, convicted, mm-hmm. uh, to, to have that large of a range. Uh, in in one uh, uh, phrase, a lot of people talk about it's not cancel culture, it's accountability culture. And I've, I really like that because Mm -hmm. that is almost, that gets to just, it's a personal thing Mm -hmm. of it's a relationship. Um, 
had a conversation with a friend um, who didn't spend much time on, on the internet and just kind of had a little cancel culture. You know, you, you put one foot out of place and, and people take your life away. And I just had a conversation with him about him because it was about a specific person who had, who had a, had a specific belief. And like, this person can't even say this belief. And I was like, well, do you agree with that belief? And they're like, no. I was like, do you agree with the person's right to publicly say it? And like, yeah. Do you agree with people's right to have a response to the thing that the person said? And the guy was like, yeah. I'm like, well, that's kind of what people are talking about with cancel culture is mm-hmm. usually uh, an artist, uh, not usually, or a, a public person mm-hmm. um, makes the choice to say something and then humans make the choice to react. And that's what, to me, Rona's question is about, is all of us choosing for ourselves, how do we react to each individual instance? Mm-hmm. Not, I'm team cancel culture. I'm, yeah. I'm team anti-cancel culture. It's just like, it's so incredibly broad it is to be useless. So I like thinking about it as accountability of uh, people in, in the context of Rona's question. Artists make choices and then we have the individual uh, ability to respond. And sometimes that response is, I don't watch that old movie anymore. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it is, I will not support that person's active new work right now. Or, you know, in the case of J.K. Rowling, mm-hmm. uh, I will agree with people who publicly speak out against it because it's actively harming someone. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. well, well said as, as, as always. And yeah, without a doubt to say it's a complicated uh, a question is, is an understatement, but it's a great one. It's one I think we have to ask ourselves. And yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how to fix what you're talking about, about the big umbrella. Like, do we release like, you know, they have the threat level that came out after 9-11 orange. Is there like a threat level to this kind of stuff? I'm joking, of course, but there's sometimes there's some conversations that I think worthy to have around that. But, but um, it is very personal, right? You, I think you, you can, you know, the lines that are either being crossed and, and I don't know, you have to, there's some gray area to it. Like I, I have a friend who's just outwardly against Amazon, gets like target. He gets mad at me when I shop, when he, when he finds out I shop at target. <laughs> um, and then he goes to X.com to put these views out. And I, I don't want to do this. You know, what about ism or, you know, what about you and figure, but it's like, there's an irony in it that I think he understands because that's the only mm-hmm. way he has to get out of it. I, I, I really think Spotify is destroying the podcasting and music industry, making it hardest five as artists. It's also something I use because mm-hmm. I, otherwise you can't discover stuff. We talked about that last time out, discovering new artists and, and, and uh, you know, hell, I've got a song on there that I'm trying to push over a thousand listens so I can get 10 cents. Um, but it's the only thing I got <laughs> it. And, and those are bigger questions. You know, the company thing we just went through and maybe Rona was kind of, you know, uh, getting some of this stuff too with, with, with Disney and, and the strikes and, you know, I don't think you and I or Jen have ever been under the impression that, that Disney wasn't a major corporation that mm-hmm. owns the streets around Disneyland or the sky. You can't fly a plane over it. <laughs> um, we are, you, you always make the great uh, joke slash poignant point of uh, George Lucas did not start a not-for-profit business. In fact, he was already a millionaire at one point early on in his life. Um, when Lucasfilm started uh, because of some other work and some of the stuff with Coppola. Um, but, you know, I had higher hopes for Bob Iger during the strikes. 
I've been open that yeah, I, I like a lot mm-hmm. of what Uncle Bob said and it's done. I, I actually like parts of his, liked his book in general and mm-hmm. never to run for White House. I might consider voting for him. I had this vision that Uncle Bob would be the one that would go out on Buena Vista and go up and down <laughs> and say, let me talk to you all. Like, let me unite you. That wasn't the Bob we got. And nope. I, it, it, it sucked, you know, <laughs> it sucked. And it, it's changed my relationship with him going forward. Um, so it all comes down to personal decisions uh, about that. Yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying is, um, we, we all, we all have to live in the world that we live in, yeah. which even, even hearing myself say that sounds like an excuse, which I think is the, is the right. problem is like on one end of the spectrum, I, I can't control that, um, that corporations in my opinion are too large uh, too powerful. My political opinion is that they should be broken up and that they should have much more government monitoring about what is legal and what isn't legal uh, <laughs> for corporations. They are too large. I don't want to use uh, Amazon. Uh, but there is also a truth that it's it's there, it's society. Mm-hmm. So I think on one hand, I always want to give all of us, um, in, unless you're just going to go entirely off the grid, we're all touching something that we don't want to be touching at some point when, when you're talking corporations. Yeah. So that's on one side of it. On the other side of it is <laughs> you, you use it as an excuse and be like, well, everybody shops at Amazon. So I don't care that yeah. uh, this artist just murdered someone in front of me. Yeah. I'm going to tweet about how much I love their show. Yeah. Like yeah. I think there are sometimes where people use that as an excuse to say, I'm not going to do any of this soul searching. I'm not, I'm not going to have any sort of personal, you know, uh, barometer. I'm just, it's, it's just all fine. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's always somewhere in between those extremes is, uh, I think a, a healthy balance. Yeah. Cause there's, 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 there's a reason calm, uh, you know, not super reactionary approach to a lot of things in life, not just this issue, issue but it's like the both sides of both sides of politicians. They're all bad. You're, you know what? You're not wrong. Except for one side seems to be hell bent on taking away the rights of a lot of people. Yeah. At the very least I'm going to decide I have to shop there. I'm shopping on that side. Um, so I agree with you that it, it easily could become an excuse. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, um, for me getting into some of the specifics of, of mm-hmm. Rona's question about the art from the artist, for me, it is entirely, uh, dependent on the situation. Uh, Ken already brought up the one, the big one, which is, uh, Harry Potter. Um, I did read those books. They came into my life at the perfect time and I love them. They're in, involved in some of Sarah and I's early dates. We mm-hmm. both pre-ordered uh, the book at the same time and stayed up late reading, I think, the the sixth book and it, and went to those uh, all those movies together. Uh, my wife was collected different, uh, uh, the, the first book in different languages and it was a fun thing to be like, ooh, can I find a Belgian version for my wife? Like, uh, I liked that fandom. I liked that world a lot. Um, and for me, I just don't touch it now is my personal choice because uh, it is a purchase in the moment that gives money to J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling is actively harming uh, the trans community in my opinion uh and actively harming people that i care about and i'm not going to give money directly mm-hmm. to that mm-hmm. and also then for me it's just like yeah i don't get joy from it I, I haven't rewatched the movies i'm not i'm not going to so for me that's one of my i made that choice other people can make other choices i got my reasons 
I don't want to separate the art from the artist because it's active. It's in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm never, I'm most likely never going to go give money to a film that Kevin Spacey is in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got an old DVD of seven. So old that you flip it. The <laughs> uh, <laughs> widescreen on one side and pan and scan on the other. Um, I, I haven't watched it in a while and I think it, it won't be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also don't feel like if I choose in my home to watch an ancient, uh, DVD, mm-hmm. I'm not actively giving money to, uh, someone who has, uh, uh, victimized people in mm-hmm. the present. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can't, change the past in terms of like influences or, or maybe even mm-hmm. toys, right? They're there. And, and I'll go to some of the big ones is, is, is I think I mentioned, was just like, one of the reasons I'm, I'm in stand-up comedy is Bill Cosby. No ifs, ands, or what about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Cosby himself, I fell off my couch laughing as a kid and I thought, this is a great, this is great. Like this, and I used to do his, his, um, his speeches in junior high and won speech tournaments doing his speeches. Now also, by the way, looking back, probably shouldn't have been doing some of the characters I was doing. <laughs> um i grew up on the cosby show um um i absolutely did and and so to have all that stuff comes out like and there's that great doc out there we we, we got to talk about Bill cosby i highly recommend it to everyone it is it is mm-hmm. um it's a 360 degree discussion about that um, um mm-hmm. so i can't go back and separate but I, I also can't i always think about it right if his name pops up uh, or something pops up. I, I love the Jerry Seinfeld documentary comedian. It it ends with a conversation with him. I I, I, I just can't kind of can't because I it, it's yeah. there, it's there, mm-hmm. it's it, there. Yeah, even if I want to ignore it, it's there. Yep. And and I think a thing that comes up a lot in these conversations that I feel strongly about is um, well, Cosby was tried and convicted and then, you know, technicality, technicality appeal, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, tried and convicted. So that's one thing, mm-hmm. but then there's, there's people who, um, oftentimes it, people say innocent until proven guilty when they just don't want to separate the artist from the art. Mm-hmm. And I've, I deeply believe innocent until proven guilty as a legal standard. But in terms of an individual's relationship to an artist, um, we, we are all uh, able to make our own uh, own opinion based on the evidence we have. Mm-hmm. And I always try to be cautious. And, you know, if, if an accusation comes out, I try to read it. I try to think about it. I try to read between the lines. I try to see how many accusations come out. Mm-hmm. But I'm not waiting for a court to decide who I support. That's a legal standard, mm-hmm. not a personal standard. You know, mm-hmm. um, if I have a fight with a family member, I don't need to go to court <laughs> to go. I'm not talking to them this week, you know, which is a jokey way to say it. But it's yeah. innocent before proven guilty is a, a legal standard. I know it is a moral standard up to a point as well. And you should you should read. You should research. Mm-hmm. You should not just share a headline. You should read the actual article. All those things that we try to do when we talk about a space movie yeah. uh, should be done with humans. There's way too much just uh, reposting, retweeting, I heard, I heard, telephone game on the internet. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if if an artist that you previously had a really positive relationship with um, 
has been accused of lots of terrible things and you do your own due diligence for yourself and come to a belief for yourself, it's your personal decision to react to it, to whether you're going to continue to support this person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it can be, again, it's, it's, it's sometimes easier than other times. This is why we're talking about the, 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 not case by case in a, in a dismissive way, but just, uh, I've, I've, I think I've danced around before, but mentioned, like, I, I'm a huge fan of Ryan Adams, huge fan music that changed my life, saved mm-hmm. my life type of songs. And then a, a series of allegations came out that this is where it got difficult for me. The allegations were all, I was like, yeah, have you heard his music? That's him. This is part of the package. And I wasn't dismissive of the victims. It was just like, I wasn't surprised so I was like, uh, and then, then some larger things came out about his marriage to Mandy Moore. And I was like, not good. And, and I, I don't play him on my radio show. I, 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 I try not to, you know, new music pops up every now and then, but it's like, I try to pull back from that. But even then when I was like, but you know, I'll just keep it to myself. I'll listen to this music myself. I, 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 I can't not think about it. It comes up all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's where it says, even when you're like trying to work around it. <laughs> You're like trying to, yeah. no, no, man, no, man, no, no. It is, so it affects you personally. Yeah, that's that's the barometer, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think uh, I think also what's been going on with uh, the Buffyverse uh, is telling, is a, is a good uh, mm-hmm. uh, look at this as well, that um, there's a an audio either coming out or it has come out, um, written by one of the, written or co-written by one of the cast members, uh, kind of taking the ownership back. Um, mm. And the actors have all talked about it. You know, lots of stuff uh, came came out about Joss Whedon and people got to have their own opinion about it. Joss Whedon gave interviews and people got to form their own uh, opinions and conclusions. Um, but there's been a lot of discussion around that of like, yep, he's at the center of this, but all these other actors mm-hmm. help make this what it is. And I feel like there's been a really good conversation around Buffy to say, we don't need to, if you, if you don't want to watch Buffy or Angel or Can't or Firefly anymore because you are upset with what Joss Whedon's behavior was behind the scenes, great. But also if you're somebody who that means a lot to you and you can just, and you don't want to throw away the contributions of the other artists, that is a choice as well. And this new audio is really interesting because it's basically a project that is manifesting that of mm. all of these actors who who are on Buffy playing uh, new and different twists on their characters and truly actually literally taking ownership of those characters. Mm. So this very new way to, to truly separate the the art from the artist and say in something like a television show, there isn't one artist. There's all these artists. And what if these artists uh, r- uh, took a different look at it, reframed it from from their view? Yeah, and it, you know, and it's just the, the reality of it too. Something like Shonda Tripsik, uh, who passed away, the the, the Star Wars mm. costume designer. That, that's Firefly was where her kind of, uh, you know, rise to prominence as a costume designer. Wow, came from, and and so there's some tributes and stuff in the works, and it's just like that. that you know, you kind of think about it, but I, I like this approach. Is is you know, celebrating what is there with from others and other contributors when possible. Yeah. Impossible. So we've been talking a lot about uh, separating the art from the artist in uh, basically modern things or, or things where the artist is is still working today. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about stuff just made from a different in a different time, where the the artist isn't living? Any money is not going to support you know mm-hmm. uh, continued uh, painful acts 
or beliefs by the artist. Um, how do you feel about watching or enjoying or listening to uh, to either old things where it turned out that person was really awful mm-hmm. or or even just cultural things have changed and that person espoused things that we don't believe in as a culture anymore, but so did everyone around them. Yeah, I, 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 it's a wonderful discussion. I wish I had all the perfect words to say because it, it happens, you know, huge Beatles fan, right? John Lennon had, had some, there's some stories that you don't want to hear about yeah. Lennon, right? And, and it's just kind of, it's easy to pave over it, I guess, but um, mm-hmm. I don't know that it's, it was the times like your grandpa Simpson is, 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 it's like anything in this conversation or the world could be used as an absolute shield and excuse from the reality and responsibility yeah. of it. Or the truth, you and I have discussed, uh, you know, I, I just said it. I, I was up there as a like 12 year old doing um, Bill Cosby speeches uh, of, 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 of a, uh, you know, black kids grow up in Philly and I was doing Cosby's voices on it. I don't, I don't think I would do that now. Right. <laughs> I don't think I would let my 12 year old, if I had a kid do that now. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so it's like, that's my own journey. So it's like, I, I, you know what, and you know what I mean? I'm not saying it's, it's not this all encompassing <laughs> one, everything is means the same kind of, um, excuse of the times, but it does come up every now and then. And, and especially in the rock world, I use Lennon, but there's a lot of st- stuff. You look back and go, well, that was just part of the lore of that guy. Mm-hmm. we knew that Stephen Tyler did that. He talked about it a lot and, and we allowed it. And I think as long as I can deal with it, like, like, all right, I, I, I guess part of the victory is we all can acknowledge that was bad and let's move on. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with what we're and the people we're leaving behind in that. You know what I mean? It's, it's mm-hmm. again, I wish I had the right words. Yeah, no, I, it, it is a difficult conversation. I think, there's the, uh, as you said, there's the, well, it was a different time, which can just be uh, an excuse, off. Yeah, yeah. you know? And then I think for me, there's examples like um, we were talking recently about uh, older eras of entertainment. Like um, if you, if you worked in clubs, you worked for violent mobsters. Hmm. I'm not going to stop listening to Sammy Davis Jr. Because the only way he had a career, I'm not going to stop listening to Ella Fitzgerald. <laughs> mm-hmm because she made money for violent criminals because every entertainer had no choice. They were an entertainer or they weren't. Mm -hmm. They knew or they didn't. They probably knew, but like, what are you going to do? It was, I think I am affected by those kinds of, it's a different world. It was a different time. Do you, can you, is is it possible? Like you you measure the intentions of, Sammy Davis Jr. and Ella Fitzgerald, two legendary examples of, I, I even had this in some of my conversations about strike coverage, um, mm. where some people made the decision to continue to talk about Star Wars, but also put information out about the strikes and also say, hey, this is kind of what we do. We don't want to be in SAG. This is how we make our money. And I had some off-air DM conversations and text messages. And I, was, I, I not that they, were, they weren't like asking me, what should I do? They're just like, hey, discuss this with me. And I always came to the thing, it was like, your intentions are good here. This is where the situation that's going on. You put food on the table with this. You're doing all the things you can to 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 go forward in the best way possible. And then I knew some shows, knew some people that, that were just like, "Ain't nothing changing for me." Mm. And and that so th- that's the, the 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 issue. And so some of the stuff, and I don't know how that if maybe that directly relates to what you're talking about in the past. Of uh, say, I don't think Sammy Davis Jr. was 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 uh, taking crowbars to knees and <laughs> <laughs> no Riviera, you know, no, 
in fact, uh, being threatened uh, with the opposite uh, with some, anyway. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I I think for me, the the art versus artist is, it's a series of questions. It's, you know, it's uh, who is being harmed in the moment? What am I actively, actively, directly supporting? Is it an actor? Is it a creator? When was it made? All those things are just are factors for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On top of all that, I do also think that um, there there's crimes <laughs> uh, that people commit, uh, and then also I just I think the uh, the speed and the intensity of social media sometimes doesn't allow people to be human, and, and I don't mean yeah. excuse right. Crimes, harassment, running in abusive set. Uh, uh, I, I, I am thrilled that um, a reexamination of, of Hollywood has has started with absolutely necessary conversations about um, sexual assault and sexual harassment and has extended to just like, are you an asshole? Do you run an awful set where people are demeaned? That needs to be examined too. So I think there are a ton of things that really need to be examined. But I also do think that social media can put people on pedestals too fast and need them to be perfect. Yes. And I think I love art where the art is flawed and human and people sometimes say dumb things. People uh, say things out of ignorance, not malice, and need a chance to listen and do better. Um, I believe in that. I believe in that we should really, really look at creators as humans. Mm-hmm. And there, I have some creators I absolutely love, but like every time I see that, that meme of, uh, not to pick on him, but did that meme of, you know, Filoni as, as the son, oh, yeah. <laughs> like let's not deify people. He's a human with a wonderful storyteller and a human. With, mm-hmm. with flaws and that's what makes his art interesting because it's his idiosyncratic passions and mm. so I, I think I, in all of this I am also really aware of watching out for putting people on a pedestal deifying them needing them to be perfect and then pouncing really hard uh, for a flaw for a mistake not not for a crime or a uh, proven pattern of abusive behavior but for a mistake for a slip for mm-hmm. an ignorance and giving a giving uh giving one another the grace to make mistakes and learn yeah yeah that's a great way to kind of to maybe end some of the look on it is, is you know, we all experience in life too of just like oh i'm sorry i didn't intend that thanks for letting me know or oh but yeah that is, mm-hmm. that is it a byproduct of, of what i do okay yeah yeah, yeah. of all those moments and and yeah, the human, they're, 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 without a doubt, we're in a reactionary society. And I want to give a chance for, I do want to give a chance for the comeback if it's, if it's real. Right. And that's the hard mm-hmm. thing. Um, even the artist I mentioned, Ryan Adams, I, I think he's made some strides. I, I don't know. I haven't researched it. Uh, I don't know people who know him directly anymore, but like, all right. So maybe I can monitor that and see where we're at. But I also know some people in the comedy world that have publicly seemed to take that journey, but privately haven't. And, mm-hmm. and that's why it's okay. Just to, I, I'm all for the comeback. I'm all for the change. Cause I have changed dramatically. I have grown. We all want to, that's something we should strive to. But in terms of this kind of stuff, cause I think you're right. Allow them to be human and allow them to grow. 
And then make sure it's an actual growth too as part of the complication. It's a complication. Yeah. And, you know, and if it's something, if it's behavior that you can't abide, you got your personal choice, which we've been talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other final thoughts, Ken? Uh, hey, just, you know, solved it. We solved it. It's easy. Easy issue. <laughs> e- easy, easy issue. No problem. Uh, no strong reactions, I'm sure. All right. Uh, well, we are going to take a quick break, and we will be back with another great cue that we hopefully have an A for. Here on our episode, uh, cues of the other. We've got a great question from Brian Babcock. Brian says, hello, Joseph, Ken, and Jennifer, if you're there, <laughs> which I appreciate. Uh, we should have been saying uh, Jennifer just had to take the, the week off. Yeah. She will be back in full force. That's right. Uh, but uh, 
Brian says, if you're not, hi anyway. So Jennifer, that's nice. Uh, I want to start with an apology because I always love to hear from all three of you with my cues, but this question is specifically for Joseph. But we do have some great Ken thoughts. Don't worry. Brian says, Joseph, I must say I'm a massive fan of Rift Tracks and uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 before it. So I was absolutely overjoyed to hear you mention you worked at Rift Tracks. So I've always been curious, how exactly do the scripts for a riff get written? Do you sit down and watch the movie they're riffing? Write jokes where you find them appropriate and put a timestamp, then best jokes wins? Please tell me. I recall you saying you wrote for at least one of the Galaxy Far, Far Away movies. I'm also curious uh, what your favorite joke you wrote was that made it to one of the riffs. And to include Ken and Jen, have you seen any movies that have been riff tracks? If so, what's your favorite one? Thanks, and may the riffs be with you. Uh, Brian, thank you very much uh, for the kind question about a, uh, a past freelance gig that I had. But Ken, I want to start with you. Uh, what is your relationship with uh, MST3K and Rift Tracks? A little less with Rift Tracks. So I've seen stuff. But I, I know that kind of, uh, you know, what was the newer, newer version. And I, I I think I saw, correct me if I'm wrong, the, the, the Rift Tracks did The Room. Mm-hmm. Right? And oh, I, yes. Uh, yeah. So I was there for that at Universal uh, uh, CityWalk uh, at the theater. God, that was just Larry. Uh, but I, I, I grew up loving Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, when, when it found me in that junior high range. Uh, it wasn't just, hey, there's some, you know, funny robots being snarky at, at weird movies. It was it was the approach. It was the the references. It was the the different kind of references. And then seeing some of the interviews of of them at the time going, well, you know, TV's Frank. Frank Conniff does. He has this interest. And so that comes into play. And, you know, these guys, hey, they, they, they like sports. So a Ron Savota Met Outfielder reference from 1969 will come in. And, <laughs> and I just, I, that was spoke to me in a lot of levels. I've always been kind of a. Uh, especially early as my stand-up was a little bit more reference. Let me make a reference to the War of 1812. It doesn't always work. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah, trust me. Um, but that that just spoke to me. And I was a, a huge fan of the crew and huge fan of the show. And what a great time to just sit there for like two hours on a Saturday and, and watch a, watch an episode. It was a, a lot of warm memories and, and, and helped uh, influence one of the many influences of, of what came after for me. It makes sense, especially with you, uh, you know, what, what you did when you were with uh, Schmo Snow of kind of the movie news. Mm-hmm which is uh, a lot of sort of uh, riffing on the news yeah. and with, uh, you know, having the style that uh, Mr. Science Theater 3000 could have of you got a two hour movie, a 90 minute movie, and you don't need every reference to land with everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you can have the big swing jokes that are to include everyone. And then you can delight pockets of people by having this obscure weird yeah. reference that really thrills specific people. It's a great kind of comedy to be able to do, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I saw a mystery science theater. Um, I think before it moved to national when it was still just a local Minneapolis right, thing, right. right. Uh, early on. And uh, yeah, to give people, uh, I'm sure most people know mystery science theater 3000, you know, a, a human and some robots uh, got their silhouette. They make uh, jokes usually at, uh, at older movies because at the time they were the the ones that they could get for, for free or no next no money uh mystery science theater evolved a bunch and then eventually uh quite a while ago i think over 15 years now rift Trex is over 15 years old uh mm-hmm. some of the group uh the the later uh group for the most part mike nelson bill corbett kevin murphy uh started rift tracks and at the time the innovation was they were mostly selling mp3s that you could time mm-hmm. to new movies so that you could riff 
just straight uh, out of the, uh, out, you know, you go to, you go and rent your DVD <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then you queue up your riff tracks. And then they also did some shorts. And I think now almost everything is kind of baked in. You can just buy the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, anyway. So uh, I've mentioned before, I met uh, Bill Corbett through Minneapolis theater. Bill came to Minneapolis uh, for a theater writing program uh, and ended up uh, cast as a, uh, as, as Crow when uh, Trace Blue left. Uh, and uh, then after the show wrapped, he was still living in Minneapolis, reached out to me after having seen a couple of shows that I did about working with them on a project. Uh, so uh, we wrote a show together that we did at San Francisco Sketchfest. And uh, Bill uh, Bill and I still have some projects that we're, we're tooling around on, uh, but Bill's a, a friend. Uh, if I never did another creative project with him again, uh, Bill is a, a, a good family friend. Um, also, I spent a lot of time with Kevin Murphy. He was doing a, a lot of different uh, gigs and shows with with both Bill and Kevin for a while. I haven't been able to hang out with Kevin as much, but Kevin's a friend. Um, I've hung out with almost everyone from MSD uh, uh, from MSD Three K World. Uh, Trace and Frank are both great. J. Elvis Weinstein, absolutely wonderful. Mary Jo Peel, one of the funniest humans uh, to ever walk the earth, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so I've been really, really lucky, and and the the fans of Rift Tracks and Mystery Science Theater and Misties um, are intense. So sometimes they're like, "You, you know these humans?" Like it's it's uh, it's the the fame pockets that we have. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and it's it's funny to sometimes see them feel like, "Oh well, man, we're not that famous," and then you turn around, and somebody's like, "Can you sign my baby?" Like <laughs> in bonkers bonkers level of adoration uh for the work that they did so anyway uh, out of my uh uh friendship and creative work with bill uh riff tracks uh has a bunch of uh they have uh, two writers that have been there the entire time that write along with uh with the the stars and then they've had uh different freelance writers over time so from about 2010 through 2015 um, on and off again, I was a freelance uh, writer. And then I think they were really looking to uh, zero in on a house style and I wasn't quite matching their house style. Uh, so we had a very amicable parting of the way. So I don't write for them anymore. I want to be really, really clear on that, uh, but absolutely uh, support them and think the world of them. So uh, to answer the questions about process, um, they used to do it different back in the MST3K days, and you, you can find lots of interviews of them mm-hmm. talking about it. But for the Rift Tracks process, uh, as a freelance writer, I would get a assigned uh, a 10-minute chunk of a movie. And it, mm-hmm. there would be a video with time codes and then a script with time codes. And I would write jokes uh, with the time code, so you, you you include like a little bit of dialogue in the exact time and then your joke. And then all of the pieces from all the different writers would get put together. And then, you know, various people would come through and do smooth out uh, passes is basically uh, how it worked. And the goal was that you one should never be sitting down and be able to go, oh, I'm watching Samurai Cop and I can tell these 10 minutes are scrimshaw. Mm. The idea was to write for the, the mood of riff tracks and the personalities of uh, Bill and Kevin and Mike in, in particular. Um, and uh, a part of that is sometimes it, people would know, like on this first pass, when a, like a bunch of different writers have 10 or 20 minute chunks, we're probably all going to make that joke. And we just like, um, 
I I wrote 10 minutes on Terminator Salvation. Uh, and that was, you know, after that infamous Christian Bale <laughs> yelling, yelling at the person about the Good light. for you. Yeah. So everybody is like, everybody was like, I'm sorry, I did a Christian Bale yelling joke. And it's like, <laughs> it's fine. We all did. And we'll pick two or three and it'll be fine. Uh, so that that kind of thing uh, happens uh, a, a lot. Um Mm-hmm. Yeah, to Brian's question, I wrote on The Force Awakens. That was a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody was really happy with that one. That was great. Um, I think in the spirit of it, I'm not going to share the chunk. I think I have in the past, but I'm not going to because the, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. spirit of it is. Well, we've definitely talked about it off air. So, uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, but yes, keep it secret. Yeah. Yeah, because it was, it was an interesting balance because I think that, that at that point they'd riffed a lot of Star Wars Force Awakens was new. It was, you know, an mm-hmm. opportunity for new fans to come in. So I think there was a like, we want this to be accessible. So let's keep the deep dive Star Wars jokes to a minimum. And I think I had like one deep dive, like, come on, and like, <laughs> we can't do it. Like, uh, which is f- absolutely fine. Everybody's really happy with that one. Um, and then uh, to Brian's question about uh, ones that I was uh, proud of. Um, the ri- so I don't know what, what state it is in now, but the Rift Tracks uh, site used to have a forum and they used to have a favorite line section where people could put in favorite lines. Mm. And kind of to, to check myself to see, like, am I connecting with the audience? I would check that to see if my lines popped up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and usually one or two lines did, which was if it made me feel like, okay, I'm I'm connecting to the audience this is a good barometer for me. I want to connect to the audience. So there's a couple of jokes that I liked that then popped up in the favorite lines discussion, which made me really happy. Awesome. Uh, your mileage may vary because it's comedy, uh, but I wrote on uh, I wrote on Return of the King. Uh, and I had the section, the, the bittersweet section. I think I had the second to last 10 minutes. Oh, so wow. before yeah. all the multiple endings, which they mm-hmm. did riff on, but the, um, the, the Samwise wedding. And mm-hmm. sometimes you do the jokes that are, a lot of people are going to think about this joke, but it's pleasing because it's just across a plate, but they, you know, hope that they didn't ask Frodo to, uh, actually be the the ring bearer for their wedding uh joke <laughs> which i liked very much um i wrote on uh, samurai cop which if you're a fan of you know infamous not great movies the samurai cop is is it's a hell of a movie yeah. and that one played in uh in they do these simulcasts where they do a live show and then it's uh, put out to all sorts of different theaters so i was able to attend that one there's a line i like there where uh where the actual titular samurai cop uh made a lot of jokes about the the character not being bright uh and he had a line that was a weird line reading of just like i know you uh in the line was but that's the only letter he knows uh, <laughs> a fun one uh in my my favorite thing i worked on is is fun to work on the blockbusters but they're actually kind of hard because they're loud and fast and there's yeah. not space and Honestly, the hardest part of that job is figuring out the spacing to make sure that jokes are coming with the right speed, but mm. responding to a good line to respond to, but not over an explosion and you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm. So some, but so the fun ones to write are the old ones mm. with the massive, massive spaces. Um, and myself and another writer uh, worked on a short uh, called "The Shapes We Live With," and it's one of those old i think 1950s explain something to school children oh. and it really is just <laughs> explaining shapes at mm-hmm. this glacial 
amazingly slow pace. Uh, and, and I actually saw that I was looking this morning that they've got that one up on YouTube. So if you want to check it out, mm. it's called uh, Riff Tracks Shapes We Live With. That was probably my favorite thing to write. And uh, when you when you write these things, you watch it again and again and again to pick your timing and pick your jokes. So go check out Shapes with Li- We Live With and imagine watching it like 20 times in one day. It's <laughs> a lot of a lot of fun and a lot of pain uh, to write those kind of movie riffs. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, yeah. I remember when Samurai Cop was when the riff checks was out, I was trying to get to it because I just watched that film at a friend's house and it's, it's something to behold even without it's, commentary, but it is amazingly bonkers. It's a great yeah. fun time. I recommend that one as well. That's the one that turned out really well across the board. Uh, well, I love it, man. And, and look, I think it's one of the genius concepts ever created because it's so simple, but that's deceptive <laughs> and, and it's great. <laughs> It's so universal in the, in the, the gift of it is people, uh, in the MST3K, there's the cinematic Titanic shoot off. There's still MST3K, various iterations. Joel Hodgson is still doing many, 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 many writers have written, written jokes under this general umbrella of Rift Tracks and uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. But the, to me, the enduring power of it and the concept is, People work really hard to write the jokes, to space the jokes out well. Mm-hmm. And then they deliver it absolutely like it's just you and your buddies at home riffing. Yeah. And it, it's what all, I think, great comedians do and all great performers is, um, I guess not all great performers, but I think a lot of great comedians is make you forget that they are precision masters. I mean, you know this, Ken, from mm-hmm. stand-up, right? of people who can sound absolutely off the cuff like they just thought of it. Mm-hmm. They're scratching their belly on stage while they deliver a line that they have perfected over years and years of performance. And it's an utter precision in their performance to make it sound like, it just occurred to me while I'm scratching my belly <laughs> this one time in Detroit. And no, it's yeah. it's utter precision mm-hmm. and, and made to just sound totally charming and informal. And I think that's, that's the power of uh, uh, my old friends at Rift Tracks. Absolutely. I remember one night I saw Mark Marin in the original room and it's like, wow, he's just riffing this story. Then I saw him in the main room 20 minutes later. I was like, nope, word for word. <laughs> that's the same story. <laughs> fantastic. But yeah, that's the absolute, uh, like I said, deceptive. This is, we've all, hey, we all sit around and do this. And uh, yeah, you do, but you, this is not that. It's the science of comedy. Uh, and that's part of it. So I, I, I was count me one of those folks when I found out you worked with Corbett and had involved with some of this stuff. I, I was one of those sign my baby people too. <laughs> I, have a, I have a friend, uh, my friend, Brittany, uh, uh, the late great uh, Grant Imahara made her a life-size working crow T robot that still sitting mm. in the living room. And I was there that night. He presented it to her and it was just like, we were all like crow. Yeah. It's just amazing stuff. I've had, I've had some great conversations with Brittany. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that is it. Thank you, Brian, for uh, for that question. That was definitely a, a big other-centered question, uh, just looking into our own uh, past and lives and careers. But that is it, Ken. That is it. That is it. What a fun and deep and, uh, you know, complicated at times. Excuse the other, but that's why we do it. Get to all the angles of life. It's fun uh, to for us to explore beyond Star Wars, but it also has a lot to do with Star Wars because it's the themes that are present in that franchise. Thank you all for listening. Mm-hmm. We're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We are on threads as well facebook page is four center podcast instagram youtube as well subscribe over there and see our faces with every episode coming very soon podcast is still available on acast iHeartRadio, radio apple podcast google Podcasts, and more just search or find us uh, uh we're uh, merch is available tpublic.com slash user slash four center and you can support us directly at patreon.com slash four center for me you can go to my website kennapsock.com I uh, got my comedy al- album out there. I got some music with the Moon Agers and more on the way. We got about six other songs we can't wait for you to hear. But the first one, Tell Me, Tell Me, is available everywhere and on Bandcamp if you want to support us directly. Joseph, uh, where can they find and follow you and maybe even quite literally? <laughs> yes, yeah, so you can find me on all the social media at Joseph Scrimshaw. If you can get an invite code to Blue Sky, come find me there. In particular, I'm having lots of fun on Blue Sky. If you want to check out the short horror film uh, that I created with the help of lots of other great people, can included, that it's called The Nightmare Adorable. It's going to be playing at the Sin City Horror Fest in Las Vegas. Saturday, I cast my eyes over to the calendar, Saturday, December 2nd at 4 p.m., Info and details on all that, including the Q&A that I will be there for, is on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. That is it. The cues have been aid. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.